Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. With just two weeks until the fantasy playoffs in most leagues and the fantasy trade deadline this week for many of you who play on ESPN.com, I'm going to give various thoughts at each position, whether it be for week 13 advice, trade targets, or looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. At quarterback, the big storyline for the week and perhaps the rest of the season is Deshaun Watson returning from his suspension for sexual assault of upwards of 30 women. I think many will agree he should have been suspended for at least one full year, but that didn't happen, and he apparently met all the requirements to be reinstated. So purely from a fantasy perspective, Watson will bring QB1 upside based on his dual threat ability, but there's a chance he comes out extremely rusty based on all the time off the field over the past two years, and the Texans have been much more vulnerable on the ground than through the air. So while Watson is a back-end QB1 in his debut, it might make sense to see him on the field before calling him a slam-dunk start. For a couple of streamers that I like this week, Derek Carr has thrown for multiple touchdowns in each of his past four games, and the pass defense of the Chargers isn't as good as it was in the opener. So Carr should be a top-12 option coming off his first three-touchdown game of the year and Raiders Chargers definitely has shootout potential. And the other streamer for this week that is almost certainly available in your league is Mike White taking on the Vikings. White was basically perfect in his first start with 315 yards and three touchdowns through the air, and the Vikings are a great matchup for him to stay hot after they just allowed Mac Jones to throw for 382 yards and two touchdowns against them. So a confident White is a tremendous streamer. And really, if you look back to last season when White had a few starts, the first one was the 400-yard game with three touchdowns. The second, he was off to a fast start with 95 yards and a touchdown in just a couple of drives before getting injured. And then his final one of 2021 was a four-interception performance against the Bills, who had the league's best pass defense. So in a small sample size, White already has a couple of three-touchdown games in just four starts. And the way he ran the offense last week should make him someone you can trust. And for this week and down the stretch, Trevor Lawrence should have a few weeks when he's ranked as a clear QB1. This week we have him as our overall QB8 against the Lions. And really the only tough matchup for him the rest of the way will be against the Jets the Thursday before Christmas. That's in week 16. As besides that, he gets the Titans twice, who are vulnerable on the back end the Cowboys for a potential shootout, and the Texans in the fantasy championship for many in week 17. So if Lawrence is available in your league, I'd definitely be wanting to acquire him as an underrated QB1 the rest of the way. Now at running back, Nick Chubb is our top play of week 13 versus the last-ranked Houston run defense. Chubb has been phenomenal as the clear offensive centerpiece for Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett under center, and now the attack should have increased upside. So a case could be made for Chubb as the top running back, not just this week, but for the rest of the season. And because of the matchup versus Houston, I also like Kareem Hunt this week as a quality flex despite recent struggles. And I assume the Browns will get a little more creative in the passing attack based on some of the things Watson can do, which would obviously be a boost to Hunt's outlook. Another option I love for this week is David Montgomery, who we have in the top 12, taking on the Packers. Green Bay was... Pretty much awful versus the run last week against the Eagles. And Montgomery is averaging 18.5 touches over the past two weeks. So look for him to be featured after he ran 15 times for 122 yards in Green Bay back in week two. And I think Montgomery is an RB1 
whether or not Justin Fields is able to return. Sliding down a few spots, we have Damian Pierce as our RB16 for Week 13. He's been quiet in back-to-back games, but the Browns are very weak against their run. And if Houston wants to ruin the debut of Deshaun Watson, they need to feed the rookie and hope he can rip off chunk gains versus Cleveland. So for those looking for a running back ahead of the trade deadline, I think Pierce is a great buy based on the ability he's shown this season and the fairly soft schedule that begins this week. Sticking with the rookie running backs, Brian Robinson Jr. had his first 100-yard game of the season last week with 18 carries for 105 yards, and he also caught two passes for 20 yards and a touchdown. I'd say whenever the commanders are able to front run, Robinson will be the focus on offense. So for what should be a somewhat low-scoring game versus the Giants, Robinson is a clear low-end RB2 that has handled 15-plus touches in six of his seven starts, and the Giants have the third-worst run defense in the league in terms of yards per carry allowed at 5.2, so he should be an RB2 for not only this week, but also after the Commanders get back from the week 14 by and face the Giants again in week 15. A couple of more rookies to get to, with quite a few of them emerging. First, Kyron Williams, who played 70% of the team's offensive snaps last week against the Chiefs. He'll take on a Seattle defense that was just shredded by Josh Jacobs. Now, obviously, Williams won't get a 30-touch workload, but he has shown a high floor in terms of his receiving usage with 25-plus receiving yards in two of three games this season. And perhaps the most impressive part of his game, which I've hit on multiple times, is his ability to pass protect which he did on the touchdown pass to Van Jefferson. And I think that alone will keep him on the field with a clear edge over Cam Akers. And for his part, Williams has said he's not satisfied with how he's played, feeling that he's left some yards on the field. But I think he's adjusting to the speed of the NFL and can be a definite difference maker down the stretch. So still available in about 80% of ESPN.com leagues, Williams should be picked up in all leagues with a great opportunity to showcase his ability for 2023. And finishing off at running back, undrafted rookie Zonovan Knight was the lead back last week for the Jets after Michael Carter left with his ankle injury. And he was able to record 14 rushes for 69 rushing yards in addition to three receptions for 34 yards, giving him over 100 total yards on the day. So those seeking immediate help at running back can add Knight with the hopes he draws a start and a nice workload once again. Moving on to wide receiver, we have A.J. Brown as our top option for Week 13, facing his former team with the Titans coming to town. Basically, I could see the Eagles wanting to feature Brown to have a big day versus Tennessee, but at the same time, I don't see the Titans making it a focus to stop Brown based on all the weapons the Eagles have, including the running game. So uh, determined Brown should see quite a bit of one-on-one coverage, and I think his friend Jalen Hurts will look to him early and often to try to get him a big day versus a defense that's allowing the second most passing yards per game in the league. And the Titans are also allowing the fourth most pass touchdowns in the NFL. So it feels like one of those explosion games could be coming for Brown. And the rest of the wideouts for this week, I'll hit on more rest of the season or trade targets. Chris Godwin is someone I've been mentioning. And if he's not viewed as a wide receiver one, I'd still think he's a buy-low target at the deadline. As hoped, he looked healthier following the bye week, 
and Godwin should be pretty matchup proof facing the Saints and 49ers to finish off the fantasy regular season. So if still viewed as a wide receiver two in your league, then Godwin should be a top target for the final several weeks. And on the Jacksonville offense, for the same reason Trevor Lawrence can be a QB1 down the stretch, I'd be looking to acquire Christian Kirk, who had a quiet game last week, and even Zay Jones as a waiver wire pickup, as those two have the clear trust of Lawrence and should be able to take advantage of some nice matchups, including in the fantasy playoffs. I also think it makes sense to look into some injured players, most notably Mike Williams and Kadarius Toney. For Williams, everyone is aware of the upside whenever he's on the field, and ideally the Chargers will get him close to 100% before he's back and can hopefully have a couple of monster games in the fantasy playoffs. And Tony doesn't have that same kind of weak winning upside that Williams does, but his ability is apparent, especially with the ball in his hands. And it's good news that Andy Reid called him day-to-day to start this week rather than week-to-week. So even if he's not active for a potential shootout versus the Bengals this week, Tony can be an upside flex over the final four or five games if he can get and stay on the field. And finishing off the position with a trio of options that might be available on the waiver wire, Traylon Burks, Julio Jones, and Michael Gallup. For Burks, the downside is he plays in a run-heavy offense and has to capitalize on limited volume but Tennessee hasn't even yet used some of the run stuff he can do on jet sweeps and motions. So if he continues to take advantage of his opportunities, the rookie could have a major role by the fantasy playoffs. For Julio, he's in a somewhat similar position, being that the Tampa Bay offense will mostly run through Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. But Julio has been efficient with at least seven fantasy points in four of his five games with more than two targets. So with Jones being a somewhat matchup-proof option by avoiding top cornerbacks from the opposition. He can be a usable flex over the final six games. And Gallup is still looking for his first touchdown pass from Dak Prescott. He caught one from Cooper Rush back in week four. But it feels like he'll bust out for a multi-score game at some point. And I don't think the Colts will use Stephon Gilmore in shadow coverage this week. And then Gallup will get a better matchup versus the Texans in week 14. So Odell Beckham Jr. might eventually sign with the Cowboys, it sounds like. But don't overlook Gallup, who's another guy that's shown his hard floor on limited opportunities and has a higher weekly ceiling than he's shown so far this season. To end the episode at tight end, the advice is pretty straightforward. I'd say if you're looking like you made the fantasy playoffs or will make the fantasy playoffs and don't feel great about what you have at tight end, I'd be wanting to acquire the top option, Dallas Goddard, or slightly behind him, Darren Waller. And the primary healthy target that I would want to acquire is David Njoku, who now gets Deshaun Watson at quarterback to increase his upside and look fully healthy with five receptions, including the game winner last week versus Tampa Bay. As always, if you were a Fantasy Conciliary member, we'd be happy to provide specific advice for your team or league, and you can find our full rankings at wolfsports.com. With that, thank you for listening, and best of luck this week. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast.